Hello and welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. How you doing, Joe? You all right? I'm all right, mate. Are you all right? I'm all right, you know. You know what I'm really enjoying? We're both wearing hats today. Oh, it's a hat gang. I look like a director from an off-budget movie. <laughs> I like it, I like it. It's good, it's good. They're good looks. I'm glad, I'm glad we're hat wearing. But, so, uh, this week on the After That podcast, we are trying out bath ales. Uh, I've been to bath once. I went to the Roman baths, tried the water. Tasted like rotten eggs. Wasn't good. Um, but I'm sure this tastes a lot better than that. So, but I'm going to hand you hang on, hang on, hang on. Has... Before you move away from that, well, you you didn't drink the water in the Roman baths, did you? No, they got the cool tap in the Roman baths, haven't they? That you can try the water where it's pumped from, cause like a fibre, and they pour it into a glass, and it tastes like eggs because <laughs> it's because of the sulphur. I see. Okay, so the sulphur makes it. Okay, but okay, but just to clarify, that's not the normal water in bath. That's a special like. Bath spring. Yeah. That's why it's there. Right. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't just sticking my head into the Roman baths and drinking. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I've done many weird things in my life. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you clarified that. Hot topic today. I'm going to be talking about a new beer that's just come out. Now, Rich, do you like beer? I'm a fan of beer. Yes. Do you like desserts? I do, but I can't have them that often because I'm diabetic, so I really like them, but yeah. Would you then be open to a dessert in a can? I would. I would be there for a dessert in a can. So the latest innovation or new product development that's coming out of Carlsberg from their, um, I can't even pronounce this word, uh, it's their one of their breweries in Sweden. Um, let me try and name the brewery. Naya Carnegie Bregergrigate. Why not? So just, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I was in, I was in Ikea, um, at the weekend and I was running around. No, it's Ikea, mate. It's Ikea. Ikea, sorry. In, (laughs) in, in Ikea. And I was, I, I was thinking, I absolutely love the way they have not changed the names of their products for, 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 for different audiences. They've just gone, you know what? This is what it's called. And you could, you, you guys have got to live with it. And you see, you kind of see men like husbands with their wives and all of this sort of running around. And you're in like the bit of the go, uh, dear, uh, your wife going, uh, we need to get an ice cream cone, son. And it's like, it's some ridiculous name. And they're like, the King. <laughs> and they haven't got a clue what it is, but it's just, it's just some shelves. Or the clack packs. And they're just shelves. That's it. But it's just, yeah, just. That's what it reminds me of your description. If I'm there. honest, I've, I've met a few Swedish people in my time, and I do know they don't. They run around shouting the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. That that's not a stereotype I'm trying to put across. That's just the way I was shouting the names in IKEA because I was got very incredibly excited about tell, and wanted to tell your story about IKEA and your trip there. IKEA, yeah. <laughs> so back to dessert in a can and the Swedish yeah. brewery underneath the Carlsberg arm. And what yeah. they've come up with is Biramisu, which is a tiramisu-tasting beer. Look, you, 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 had, you had me at beer and you had me at dessert, but I've gone completely off the idea when you told me tiramisu. The worst dessert. Don't tell me you're not a fan of the, of the most famous Italian treat that is tiramisu. It's, it's awful. Tiramisu is awful. I love tiramisu. No, it's just a bad... They could have picked so many other good desserts, but they went for tiramisu. 
No, tiramisu is spot on because let's let's face it, it's a it's a stout, you know. So this is a stout. This I will, you know, give you this. This beer and masu is a stout. What goes well with stouts, Rich? What kind of flavors and aromas do you get with stouts? You get chocolates go well. You get coffee that goes well with it. And what is tiramisu? It's a coffee based like tasting drink. Drink. It's a match made in heaven. No, they should have gone for profiteroles. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that. it. I love me a profiterole <laughs> as much as the next person. But I do. I, I think there's something in this tiramisu. I don't think you you can quite discount it just because you don't like tiramisu because you're some un, uneducated and un, untasted and untravelled, you know, heathen that would rather have a bubblegum ale or something that tastes absolutely vile, no, which you have. You've already said my. Everybody knows my opinion on the bubblegum ale. We were there for that podcast and how angry I got at it. I'm, I'm there for different <laughs> and unusual beers. You did get a bit over the top angry about that beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for unusual and weird beers and everything like that. I will try them. But tiramisu is the worst dessert, hands down, ever. And people will back me up. I, I don't think they will. I think everyone's going to look at you and go, Rich, you're, you know, everyone's going to side with me and how great tiramisu is and how great it would pair nicely with a lovely stout. So, and I'll read out what the why the brewery went on tiramisu. Okay, they're wrong. So I'm quoting here Axel, who is a member of the brewery, the Swedish brewery. And he's saying, we wanted to brew a beer worthy of its name without going too extreme. Imagining beers through cake recipes wasn't a new thing. And at this point, it was all about finding the right cake to brew with. Tiramisu had that mascarpone cream, which fitted neatly into a milk stout. And the rest of the ingredients worked very well with the base. Just from that explanation, from someone who knows what they're talking about making beer, like this just, it it makes sense. Tiramisu with a stout. I will tell you what happened. They had the board. Everyone was sitting there and they were going, right, we need a new beer. And they're all going, oh, we could do this beer. We could do that beer. Somebody in the back put their hand up and went, beer and masu. Everybody looked at him because beer and masu is a great name. Fantastic name. Wonderful name. And they just all went, wow, what a name. We've got to build a beer around it. That's it. The only reason is because it is a great name. I will give them that. It's a fantastic name. But that's it. That's the only reason they made beer and masu because of how good the name is. So what, okay, so if this is all just name-led and you think they come up with the name first and they've worked out the, the ingredients and the dessert afterwards, what's your profiterole beer called? Well, I haven't got that far yet, but it would be a better beer. Give me, give me one minute. I will come up with a name. Profiterbrew? God, it's a good name. It's the best name. Beer and Masu. It's such a good so name. So good. Off air, Rich and I have been racking our brains for about 10 minutes now, trying to come up with a good other dessert beer pun name and we just can't top beer and masu beer and masu is just spot on so if the, if it is true rich what you're saying that they came up with the name first and they've made the beer around it i'm actually okay with that because let's face it that pun needs to be out there it needs to be in the world and it needs to be talked about i've just evaluated my previous outburst and because of how good beer and masu is i'm gonna go 180 on my decision and go i'm there for it I'm there for beer and masu. We tried so hard to come up with a better pudding-based beer name, and we couldn't. Beer and masu is too good. We needed more brain power on this, and actually, you know who's actually very good at this kind of stuff, especially when it's pun-related? Bibaba. 
Barber. We'll, we'll see. Maybe he'll come up in the comments with a, with a couple of follow-up dessert beer puns. I tell you what, we will put a pin in this and we will come we, we will ask Barber next time we're recording with him. And then we'll and then we'll circle back to whether or not beer and is a good idea, which unfortunately I think it is. <laughs> it's the best idea. <laughs> so this week the brew we've decided to focus on is Bath Ales. Now, as you can probably imagine from the name, Bath Ales hails from Bath in Somerset. Uh, it originally started out in 1995, and they refer to it as a tiny brewery in Wincanton, Somerset. Now, Somerset is, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, or maybe it's you know, outside the UK, Somerset is most famous for Bath, for uh, Bristol as well. But it's also well known for being quite a farmery, laid-back uh, county, let's say. If we want to stereotype a county, you know, it is quite like, you know, laid-back, there's a lot of, you know, farmer farmery kind of like there's a lot of grains and hops so it feels like they're a great environment for for beer for producing because you're going to have a lot of the raw ingredients that's needed to make beer locally produced in the somerset area so yeah bath ales was founded by roger jones and richard dempster the pair brought uh on rab clark a local publican because he was willing to sell their first beer Okay, so these are two guys who have started the brewery and then they brought on their first stockist, let's say, the first person who's going to sell their beer for them. Yeah, so Rab, so Rab, so Rab Clark was like, yeah, we're going to sell this stuff. Um, and the demand for Bath Gem, uh, which was their first beer, quickly spread through and the business grew. The brewery brought its own pub, The Hair on the Hill, and moved production to Bristol. So I'm glad that you said there that Bath, so Gem, Bath Gem was their, their, their first beer. And sounds like it's their most popular beer. Now, I'm very pleased you said that because I am drinking a Bath Gem. That's the beer I have to try today. Okay. And what, what beer are you having? Are you have on a gem as well? No, I'm on the Wild Hair Gluten-Free Pale Ale. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you're on an ale. I've got a gem is an amber ale. Uh, it's a 4.8%. Uh, and I am really getting the notes of the fact that this is a, uh, you know, a full-bodied, a multi, multi-beer. Um, it's almost like the first, first tastes were quite like toffee-ish. They're quite toffee-ish. You know, there was actually, kind of, it was quite reminiscent for me, although it was an amber ale, it was almost like a brown ale in some respects because they were so deep in flavor. Now, I'm a few sips in now. The smell, the aromas are really kicking in now. And I think what I'm getting is that kind of quite smooth, but it, it is true that it's a full-bodied and malty ale, even though it is should technically an amber ale. Okay, so yeah, I'm trying their their their, their paleo, their gluten free paleo. They've really gone to town on the advertising to say this is a gluten free beer. So you're under no illusion that this is not a gluten. This is a gluten free beer through and through. Well, just well, you can see it, Joe. I'm just just showing you on the camera now. It is literally in bold underneath, right like that. And I think it's the biggest advertising for a gluten free beer I've seen. Yeah. To make, to, make, to make sure you know. It makes sense as well. So the, the, the style of these beers, across these beers, is very similar. It's a lot of bold colour. So Gem, the original premium amber ales they refer to it, is orange. Your uh, wild hair gluten-free pale ale is, is a green, isn't it? Yeah. There's a Lansdowne, which is a West Coast IPA, which is blue. There's a Prophecy which is the a New World Pale Ale. Again, it'll be interesting to see what that difference is of that one is. And that's kind of like a grey, green, like a, like a mint green colour. There's a Dark Side, which is their stout. And you can probably imagine that that is a, a black colour yeah. to start off with. So, so there is, you know, 
a consistency through these range where they're using a big hits of colour to help people understand the differences between their beers. And I really enjoy the rabbit. I'm very much a fan of these kind of like, not so much, it's like an abstract bit of art to it, but it's kind of the, the rabbit jumping across the top. It is an arty um, rabbit's logo, isn't it? So this is the rabbit you're referring yeah. to is their logo. And it's this yeah. almost like a rabbit that's kind of been stretched out or is in full hop. One of the other, it's either being pulled, pulled like from what both ends, or it's hopping in mid, mid hop, but like stretched really out. I really hope it's mid hop. I hope it's the latter. I really hope it's mid hop, and they've not got it on a stretcher, <laughs> or it's about to be cooked. But you're right. The the the, the design of this, or the the, the art styling, I, I would refer to it as the art styling of the hot, of the yeah. rabbit themselves. So the hair, we should probably say, there's probably a hair rather than a rabbit. Given you've got a wild, wild hair beer, I reckon that their their whole logo is actually a hair. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like it's fully it's like polished. It's not like it's all the size and the edges around the the uh, are drawn smoothly. Like there's actually like kind of it's almost as if they create they they try to create it looking like with a paintbrush of some sort, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, rough cut. Yeah, would be the be a good way to describe it. Rough around the edges. I like it. Yeah, just like me. Yeah. The big news coming out of 2016 is that Bath Ales was actually acquired by Cornwall's St. Austell's Brewery. Oh, really? Yeah. And, I, you know, we've obviously covered St. Austell's in the past. You know, we're a big, big brewer down in Cornwall. And obviously, they've got a big infrastructure of pubs and, and, and reaching the rest of the UK. But they've been a big admirers. And they're still, you know, St. Austell's still a family independent brewer and pub company. And they've been, a, a, how they refer to this as this press release, they've been a huge admirers of Bath Ales for a long time. And they decided to invest in a new brewery and the current team. So the original founders are still part of the business. Uh, and they got themselves an upgrade into a new brewery. And that, that brewery came into uh, commission in 2018, where they were able to double the available brewing capacity of Bath Ales from the time before. So this this investment by by um by St Austell's was all about getting more Bath Ales beers out there with the same team, but about giving them the capacity and the money that they needed to put more beer out there. You know, I've just I've just after you said that they've gone for a new brewery and everything like that, I was just reading it's a steam driven plant, which I find interesting. So it's the, it, I'm just reading here that I'm a bit maybe you can help me break it down a bit, but the brewery uses an efficient steam driven plant, the heat exchange take the warmth naturally created by the fermentation process and uses it to heat the water. Yeah, it's a circular... Which is quite cool, It's a yeah. circular process, a circular economy is this phrase that's always thrown around into kind of sustainable practices. But it's basically that they're using every element of the brewing process by looks of things of how they're heating it and how they're doing it is, is having an impact on another area of the business as well. So you don't need two things to do where one thing can do it. Yeah, no, I just, I just think it's really cool that they have a cool process like that. And of course... All of their excess feed and grain, or all the used feed and grain, goes to feed livestock. So it is a very, very sustainable process. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's not, it's definitely is. I'm glad that they're doing things like that. It's not unusual yeah. for brewers to do that. There's a lot of no, excess no. made from the brewing process. What I was about to say is I actually heard of some, a brewery doing it slightly differently, where they're taking from their brewing process the same you know, excess raw materials you just talked, which usually go towards livestock. But what they're doing actually is making it into dog biscuits and then selling the dog biscuits on. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. I will I will look up and remember the name of this company, yeah. uh, this brewery. But I remember hearing about them recently and thought that was really fascinating, actually, because it's doing something similar, but in a new way and like, kind of, like a, a, a twist, uh, you know, with excess. 
No, no, I like that a lot. So definitely what I'm getting the vibe from Bath Ales is a very rugby-related vibe. So they are the sponsors, the key sponsors, the key key beer sponsors of Bath Rugby Club. Now, Bath, very well known for their rugby club. In the Premiership, big, big rugby team, you know, who's, uh, you know, did a lot of work there. And Bath have been, Bath Ales have been supplying, naturally, Bath Rugby, uh, their beers for many years now. And so they're emblazoned across their, uh, uh, you know, across their Instagram is all these rugby, rugby players running around, um, you know, and they're linked towards it. I could see myself drinking one of these at a rugby game, actually. Very much so. I'm, th- I'm really enjoying it. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see myself at a, at a Bath rugby match swinging one of these. Rich, I've told you a bit about how Gem is tasting and what that flavour's like, this amber ale, this quite malty amber ale. So Rich, I'm intrigued to know what this wild hair, gluten-free pale ale is all about. So I was struggling to find Bath ales anywhere. Um, looked at all my looked at my usual bottle shop, there was nothing there. Went to a few supermarkets, couldn't find any. But I finally found it in uh, Asda which was the one, which was the, the gluten-free pale ale called Wild Hair. And I was always a bit dubious when it comes to something that they're, they're branding quite heavily, like when you've got the, um, like the 0% alcoholics, they really, really push, and you're like, we've been let down by so many so far. And then when they're so heavily going for the gluten-free pale ale and all this sort of stuff, and, I was, and it, was, it was the only one I could find at anything um, without ordering online. And so... I'm pleasantly surprised at how nice it actually is. I was I was going in. I was going. This is not going to taste great. It's going to be a bit bland, but it's 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 quite bitter, but it's also sharp at the same time. Um, and it's just very quaffable, which is a good word I'm liking at the moment. Quaffable. So it's just quite nice to drink. Quaff it down. It's actually a, a yellowy or kind of a pale, a golden ale is how they refer to it as. Are you getting the usual kind of like citrusy, almost grapefruit? notes that you'd usually get with a a gold nail i'm i'm getting the dryness okay i'm maybe not so much getting the taste i'm getting the the dry okay. mouth feeling after swigging and drinking it but i'm not getting the kind of the hardcore citrusy flavors coming through it's interesting you say dry because they do refer to it as being a dry beer so that's quite interesting. I never heard someone really refer to it as being a dry beer before. Um, but yeah, and I get, and I'm just reading the description. Flavoursome pale ale brewed with English golden hops that are crisp and fresh with a hint of citrus. I can't get the citrus coming through, but I can definitely get the I can definitely get the bitterness and the um, and the dryness coming through. I, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it. I couldn't I couldn't drink lots, but I could definitely have one or two at maybe the start of my night. So I think if you're you're finding yourself in the Bath Ale, they, I've just noticed they're doing a big push right now on on their Meet the Brewer series. So this is where you're going to go in and you're going to find out how Bath Ale make their beers. You know, you get to meet the brewing team as well, the brewmasters. So I think if you find yourself in the the Bristol and the Bath area, which is where this this new brewery is in in the Bath area, um, then you should definitely check them out. I, I think I'm enjoying this. It's uh, They've been around since 1995, but they're definitely not a, um, I'd say, they're a good tasting, solid, traditional styled beer company. Yeah. That's probably the right phrasing because it's not, you're not going to get some crazy double dry hops IPAs coming for out of bath ales. You're not going to get any napers. You're not going to get any bubblegum ales, um, coming out or beer and masseuse coming out of bath ales anytime soon. But they are a solid traditional styled brewery 
I think this amber ale by Je- the Gem Amber Ale. If you're a fan of you know your more full-bodied multi beers, this is a solid, solid uh, beer to have. Yeah. So what are the numbers? So Instagram, they have four and a half k followers, and Twitter, nice. they've got sixteen k followers. Okay. So no, they've got they've got a solid they've got a solidish following. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that they are founders are still part of the business, but they're owned by an independently mm. run family business of St. Austell's. Yeah. Or they've got them at least the backing, the monetary backing from that company. I think that's really fascinating, actually. And this makes a lot of sense if you're thinking about St. Austell's as a business and the beers that they have and Bath Ales. That seems like a really natural fit, doesn't it, actually? I'm there for it. Give it a go. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That Podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now.